We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 644 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Tuesday August 29th 2023 it is cut down day in the NFL it is by Tuesday at 4 p.m eastern that each NFL team must cut its active roster to no more than 53 players although a lot of cuts happened on Monday including the commander's opponent in week one of the 2023 season the Arizona Cardinals releasing the man who had been expected to be their starting quarterback for that game, former Redskins quarterback Colt McCoy. Yeah, Colt has been cut, and we do not know who the Cardinals starting quarterback at the Commanders in Week 1 will be. Kyler Murray is recovering from a torn right ACL that he suffered this past December. The Cardinals starting quarterback could be Joshua Dobbs, who the Cardinals last Thursday acquired via trade with the Cleveland Browns, but the Cardinals starting quarterback also could be Clayton Toon, who the Cardinals took in the fifth round of the 2023 NFL Draft out of Houston. But their starting quarterback will not be Colt McCoy. One of my favorite calls that I ever took on 980 was a guy who called in and said, Colt McCoy is a freaking football player. Uh, this was a play on something that former Skins head coach Mike Shanahan had said on the station. Mike had said of the Skins uh, QB1 at the time, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is a freaking football player. I loved when Mike said that, so I used that as a drop when talking about our pal Kirky. Uh, here you go. Kirk Cousins is a freaking football player. Yeah, that was Mike on Kirk. And then this was the caller. I think that his name may have been Andre uh, on Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is a freaking football player. Yeah, there you go. Colt McCoy is a freaking football player. (laughs) Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Will Sam Howell 
prove to be a freaking football player? I hope so. Uh, that is perhaps the biggest question for the Commanders 2023 season. Next segment, I'm going to talk about some uh, rather interesting nuggets in a piece by NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB. The piece came out on Monday morning, was about the Commanders going with Sam Howell as their QB1. And in the piece, we have head coach Ron Rivera admitting that he should have played Sam Howell sooner in the 2022 regular season. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I have a lot to say about that. This was quite the instance of Ronnie's. That is my word for the language of Ron Rivera. We are all becoming increasingly fluent in Ronnie's. We also, in this piece by Albert Breer, have the reveal that Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, as Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator had a second round grade on Sam Howell for the 2022 draft. A lot to get into. Get into it, I shall, next segment. Uh, And then after that, I'll react to some roster moves that the Commanders announced on Monday afternoon. They released 12 players, including some notable names, and put one of the team's 2023 draft picks on the reserve injured list, meaning that he is done for the 2023 season. Also on the show, we'll talk Nationals and Orioles. Each team had one of its well-regarded young starting pitchers pitching on Monday night. Uh, The Nats, Josiah Gray was bad for a fourth time in five starts, continuing a brutal August for him. He allowed four runs in two innings in a 6-3 loss at the Toronto Blue Jays. But the Orioles' Grayson Rodriguez, Grayrod, he was at least decent for a seventh consecutive start. He tossed six scoreless innings with six strikeouts versus one walk in a 9-0 win over the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards as the American League leading O's clinched a winning regular season. Uh, Before we get to some feedback, the Capitals, uh, they on Monday morning announced some front office moves, uh, principal among them the promotion of Senior Vice President and General Manager Brian McClellan to President of Hockey Operations and General Manager. Uh, Also, the Caps announced the promotion of Assistant General Manager Chris Patrick to Associate General Manager. Uh, Chris Patrick is the son of Dick Patrick, and the Caps also announced the appointing of Dick Patrick to the position of Chairman of the Caps. Dick Patrick has been part of the Caps organization, or as is said in hockey, organization, <laughs> since 1982. Dick Patrick was Ted Leonsis's original partner when Monumental Sports and Entertainment was founded in June 2010. Here's the bottom line. These front office moves announced by the Caps on Monday morning are an endorsement of current management uh, and of the current direction of the team, which, as we have talked about, is retooling as opposed to rebuilding, and I don't disagree with that. Uh, I think that in the NHL, retooling can be the way to go as opposed to rebuilding, because when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs, all you need do is get in, and you are a contender to win the Cup. That is the way that the NHL postseason works. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Stanley Evans with an interesting hypothetical regarding the commander's loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this past New Year's Day. Uh, A loss, of course, that featured Carson Wentz as the commander's starting quarterback for a benched Taylor Heineke, and a loss, of course, that helped to eliminate 
the Commanders from postseason contention. Right, Stanley? Just a thought. What if Heineke plays against Cleveland last season and we somehow win and make the playoffs? Does Heineke resign? Does Sam Howell still ultimately get the starting quarterback job? Does Jacoby Brissett even come here? Maybe Rod Rivera's mistake to start Carson against the Browns allowed Rivera to have no choice but to play Sam in the last game of the season and let everyone see what we had. Credit to our guy Tate for refusing to start that game. Maybe the football gods finally blessed us. LOL. <laughs> uh, thank you for the email, Stanley. Excellent point. Uh, if Sam Howell works out, and that is an if, but if Sam works out, We may well look back on the benching of Taylor Haneke in favor of Carson Wentz as a blessing in disguise. You know, there's another what if that I've considered with Taylor Haneke. So the actual game in which he got benched in favor of Carson Wentz was the game prior to the loss to the Browns, the loss at the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas Eve. Taylor in that game played very well in the first half committed two crucial fourth quarter turnovers and then got benched in favor of Carson. But do you remember what happened early in that game? Receiver Jahan Dodson, known for his hands, right, had a killer drop on the commander's first offensive drive. This was the opening drive of the game. The drive resulted in a first quarter three and out. The third snap of the drive, third and six for the commanders at their 21 Jahan had a drop on a Taylor Heineke shotgun incompletion. Taylor on the play capably handled one of about a million low snaps from center Wes Schweitzer in this game and then got off the throw before being hit by edge defender Charles Omenahu. Jahan did a nice job of shedding the defensive back Diamador Lenore, but then appeared to lose the ball in the sun and had a drop. Uh, That would have been a big completion, and who knows what might have happened after that. Uh, But what could have happened did not happen. But maybe we'll all live happily ever after with Sam Howell as the Commander's QB1. I hope so. Uh, And speaking of Sam, email from Dave in Israel on Sam Howell. Writes Dave, regarding Sam Howell, I think that we have three primary reasons for optimism. Number one, Howell has redefined his technique. The turnaround that he has accomplished with his footwork in just one short year shows tremendous dedication and discipline at turning a liability into a strength in 12 months is rare. Number two, Howell has learned a new offensive system in just a few short months. By all accounts, he is comfortable with all of the plays and all of the throws and shows no signs of even a moment of hesitation executing Eric Bieniemy's offense. We hear that it takes even a year for a quarterback to learn a new system, and yet Howell seems to have done this in a few months. Impressive. Number three, Howell has a background that is similar to the NFL's prototype quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. A hallmark of the modern NFL quarterback is the ability to maneuver and make accurate off-platform throws from multiple arm angles. The sport that most requires this ability is baseball, and it's well known that Mahomes was a top baseball prospect. Well, Sam Howell, as a high school junior, played in 27 baseball games, during which he batted 414 with 36 hits, 10 doubles, 2 home runs, and 31 RBI. That worked out to an on-base percentage of 447, a slugging percentage of 597, and included a 956 
fielding percentage. He also pitched in 48 innings, accumulating a record of 6-0, and an ERA of 0.73, and 57 strikeouts versus 16 walks, earning him a spot on the All-State team. The man has the pedigree, the work ethic, and seems to have the right demeanor to be successful. We can nitpick Howell all we want. Late round pick, too short, no pocket patience, terrible footwork. But why would we based on the trajectory? Don't listen to the naysayers. Just look at the talent and the dedication and most of all, the results. Let's hope that the regular season proves this to be correct. Why shouldn't it? Uh, Thank you. For the email, Dave, well-researched. Wow, Sam Howell High School Baseball Stats. Nicely done, Dave. Uh, uh, The reason to doubt Sam Howell would be that come the regular season, things are different with opposing defenses as compared to in the preseason. Defenses will be game planning for the commanders. Defenses will be presenting all kinds of exotic looks, and especially with a uh, commander's offensive line that is a question mark, Sam might struggle. But what's also true is that the commander's offense will be game planning. And what's also true is that the man scheming up and calling the offense, assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, will be going with his best plays as opposed to keeping things vanilla, uh, as was the case in the preseason. And what's also true is that Sam Howell so far in NFL games has yet to look bad. The 2022 preseason his NFL regular season debut, which of course took place in week 18 of last season, and now the 2023 preseason. He at each point has played well. Now, all of that doesn't guarantee anything for the upcoming regular season, but at no point has Sam Howell looked overwhelmed. And that is what you would expect if he is going to end up being good. Well, what is not good is what is happening in the home and auto insurance markets right now. If you are not happy with what you're paying for home and auto insurance, check out BMC Insurance. You know, we are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Do yourself a favor. Get with BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. Uh, BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. Uh, And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, and BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. 
Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, ratings and reviews help out this podcast a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It could be just a sentence or two. But the ratings and the reviews do help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB on Monday morning came out with a piece about The Commanders going with Sam Howell as their QB1. The headline of the piece, quote, The Commanders bet on Sam Howell has been a long time coming, end quote. Uh, Albert Breer very clearly has a very good relationship with Commanders head coach Ron Rivera, who pretty clearly has given stuff to Breer. I go back to something that Breer wrote nearly 19 months ago. Albert Breer, in a piece that was published on January 31st, 2022, basically wrote a press release (laughs) for Washington that was clearly based on things that he had been told by Ron Rivera. Uh, That piece was about the team's all-out pursuit for a franchise quarterback, a pursuit that led to the team in March 2022 trading for the Indianapolis Colts' Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson's final game with the Commanders was a game that we talked about in the opening segment of the show, the hideous 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field in Week 17 of last season. That loss helped to eliminate the Commanders from postseason contention. Their next game was their 2022 season finale, the 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field in Week 18. And that game, of course, was the game that gave us the NFL regular season debut of Sam Howell, who Ron Rivera initially did not want to start in that game. Ron wanted to start Taylor Heineke, who had been benched in favor of Carson Wentz, and then go to Sam as essentially a reliever because Ron didn't think that Sam was ready to start an NFL regular season game. Well, Uh, Ron was wrong. Sam played well against the Cowboys. Now, something that has come up off that loss to the Browns and off Sam's performance against the Cowboys is, what if Ron had started Sam against the Browns? It's a fascinating what if. Having Sam Howell make his NFL regular season debut via starting against the Browns on New Year's Day with the Commanders in the midst of a playoff push would have been a bold, gutsy, aggressive move by Ron Rivera. But in hindsight, that may well have been the right move. And so that brings us to this piece by Albert Breer that came out on Monday morning. There are two notable things that I took from this piece. The biggest thing that I took from the piece is this. Ron Rivera admitted that he should have played Sam Howell sooner in the 2022 regular season. Reads the piece, quote, it was the night of January 8th and commander's coach Ron Rivera was making the hour-long commute from FedEx Field in the Maryland suburbs back to his Virginia home. Sitting shotgun was his wife, Stephanie, and it didn't take Rivera long to bend her ear with the 26-6 win over the Cowboys to close out an up-and-down 2022 season. The topic, quarterbacks, and really not quarterbacks plural, but one in particular. 
The coach made the decision to turn to Sam Howell a week earlier, starting him instead of going with his initial instinct to start Taylor Heineke, then go to Howell after a series or two. And by the time Rivera climbed into his car, he not only had affirmation that the final call was the right one. Howell's numbers weren't spectacular, but he also was comfortable and in command during the win. But Rivera also knew he had a rookie who had played well enough to invite new questions. You can ask Stephanie, all we effing talked about was the quarterback, what the quarterback did, who he was, Rivera said, sitting on his office couch on another steamy August day. I kept saying, F, if I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. When you only have so much time to show it, it's hard. I kept thinking, God. But after that game, everything told me this kid, give him the opportunity and see what he does with it. End quote. So, (laughs) Ron Rivera, quote, F, if I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. End quote. I respect and appreciate the honesty from Ron Rivera. But, uh, dude, (laughs) you are the head coach. You are the head coach in a coach-centric approach. If I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. You're supposed to have known this. (laughs) It's your job to have known this. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. Head coach, coach-centric approach. You know, the belief is that Ron makes around $7 million per year. Bro, the whole point of your job is to have known this. Uh, You were around Sam Howell all of last year in off-season practices and training camp practices and preseason games and regular season practices. Your assistant coaches who you hired were working with Sam throughout this time. Don't give me this. If I would have known, I would have played him sooner. That statement from Ron is an indictment of Ron. And I like Ron Rivera. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that I'm not someone who goes out of his way to bash Ron. I'm a lifelong Redskins slash Washington football team slash Commanders fan. I am rooting for Ron Rivera. I want him to succeed as Washington head coach. But Ron, over three seasons as Washington head coach, has not had a winning regular season. The number one reason for that has been the team's struggles at quarterback. Ron has not gotten the quarterback position right. An admission like the one that he offers in this piece by Albert Breer is a flashing neon sign of Ron as Washington head coach having not gotten the quarterback position right. If I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. Yeah, you think? (laughs) Okay. And who knows how Sam Howell would have done against the Browns in week 17 of last season. But it's hard to think that he would have been worse than Carson Wentz was in that game. Boy, you wonder what Ron Rivera's new boss, the managing partner of the Commanders, Josh Harris, thinks about this. If I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. Uh, Boy, I could not get over that off reading that on Monday. Uh, The other notable thing that I took from this piece by Albert Breer is that Commanders assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, as Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator had a second-round grade on Sam Howell for the 2022 NFL Draft, in which, of course, the Commanders took Sam in the fifth round 
uh, reads the piece, quote, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator at the time, had a ton of coincidental ties to UNC. He coached high school ball in 2000 with Heels defensive line coach Tim Cross. The two knew each other as fraternity brothers in college. Bienemy at Colorado, Cross at Northern Colorado. Bienemy's former Chargers teammate Natron Means, a UNC alum, was coaching for Mac Brown too. And Chiefs offensive line coach Andy Heck had two sons play there. One played with Howell and another was a strength coach when Howell was there. So Bienemy saw plenty of the heels on Kansas City road trips and was part of a process in assessing Howell that was dripped with real insight. So when Bienemy got to D.C., he knew plenty. I knew I was going to get a leader, Bienemy says, of assessing Howell before the draft for the Chiefs. I knew he was a quiet kid, but a quiet leader. He does everything with his actions. On top of it, the kid's got an arm. He's a very confident kid. He knows how to correct his mistakes. When he makes a mistake, you can tell he's just a little hesitant. But once he figures it out, you don't see him repeat that mistake. The kid has a unique skill set about him, and he's just got a swag to him. It's a quiet, confident swag that's pretty unique. And all of that led to the enemies putting the same grade on Howell before the draft that the commanders did before Howell's final season at UNC. Both saw him as a second rounder. End quote. All right. Well, that's notable. And that's encouraging. Eric Bieniemy, as Chiefs offensive coordinator, had a second round grade on Sam Howell for the 2022 draft. Uh, a friend of this podcast, Commander's Insider, John Keim of ESPN, he in a piece that came out this past May 6 revealed that the Commanders had a consensus second round grade on Sam in the 2022 draft. Quote, according to sources with knowledge of the commander's draft process, Washington scouts gave him a grade that equated to a second round grade. Some of them gave him a third round equivalent, but others had him in the late first. One source said leading into the draft that had they not traded for Wentz, they would have targeted Howell on the second day when he was still available in the fifth round. The commanders pounced, end quote. Now, I will say this, we are increasingly getting to a point at which it doesn't matter so much in what round Sam Howell was drafted or what team's pre-draft grades on or pre-draft evaluations of Sam Howell were. Like, what matters is how Sam plays as the commander's QB1, and we're about to start finding out. But I do care what a smart NFL offensive coach like Eric Bieniemy thought about Sam Howell prior to Eric being hired by the Commanders. And Eric having had a second round grade on Sam is encouraging. The last thing that you would want is for Eric to be forced to go with Sam as the QB1 when Eric doesn't believe in Sam. Eric having had a second round grade on Sam, assuming that's true, and there's no reason to think that that isn't true, uh, indicates that Eric is a fan of Sam and thinks that the guy can be a good NFL quarterback. And by the way, Eric having had a second round grade on Sam is yet another reason why Sam is not your typical day three quarterback. I have talked about this before, and I believe this now as much as ever. Yes, it is true that most quarterbacks taken on day threes of NFL drafts do not become good NFL quarterbacks. But it's also true 
that Sam Howell is not your normal day three quarterback. And Eric Bieniemy, having had a second round grade on Sam, is yet another reason to think this. Well, here's something else to think if you have a big event that you're planning, catering by Uptown can handle your needs. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Uh, Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. Uh, no experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. All right. So we have arrived at cutdown day in the NFL. Uh, It is by Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern that each NFL team must cut its active roster to no more than 53 players. And then the next day, Wednesday, August 30th, each NFL team can assemble a practice squad of up to 16 players. Uh, Things in the NFL with cuts are different this year. Uh, There is only one cut down, the cut down to 53. Uh, We in years past have had a number of uh, different arrangements for cut downs. This year, just the one cut down, the cut down to 53. And so we on Monday morning did start to get reports of commander's cuts and the team itself on Monday afternoon officially announced having released 12 players and having placed a player on the reserve injured list. Uh, The player placed on the reserve injured list was offensive lineman Braden Daniels, who the team took in the fourth round of the 2023 NFL draft out of Utah. So this does open up another spot for an offensive lineman on the commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season, and presumably does make center Tyler Larson getting cut even less likely. Uh, Understand that placing a player on the reserve injured list prior to the cut down to 53 means that that player cannot be activated off the reserve injured list during the season. So Braden Daniels' 2023 season is over before it ever got started. He is talented, but he is raw. He needs a lot of work. So the commanders putting him on the reserve injured list may be a stashing as much as anything. Uh, Although Daniels in the commanders preseason ending 21-19 win over the Cincinnati Bengals at FedEx Field this past Saturday evening did reportedly suffer a rotator cuff injury. How serious we do not know. Uh, the three most notable players released by the commanders on Monday afternoon were running back Jarrett Patterson, receiver Marcus Kemp, and linebacker Milo Eifler. Yeah, our guy Milo 
uh, <laughs> one of the best names on the team. Milo Eifler uh, is God, at least for now. So Jared Patterson, Washington initially signed Patterson in May 2021 as an undrafted rookie out of the University at Buffalo. Not the University of Buffalo. Do not say the University of Buffalo. No, the University at Buffalo. Uh, he had a great 2021 preseason, ended up making Washington's initial 53-man roster for the 2021 season, and ended up playing a decent amount for the team in that 2021 regular season. Patterson, in the 2021 regular season, played in all 17 of Washington's games and had 339 yards from scrimmage and two rushing touchdowns. But the commanders in their cut down to 53 for the 2022 season released Patterson. Uh, they The next day did sign him to their practice squad, but Patterson in the 2022 regular season played in just three of the commanders' 17 games and totaled just 78 yards from scrimmage. There just never seemed to be room uh, for Jarrett Patterson on the commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season, not with running backs Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson and Chris Rodriguez Jr. clearly ahead of Patterson, to say nothing of Jonathan Williams, who actually made the commander's initial 53-man roster for last season and who, unlike Patterson, plays a lot on special teams. Williams in the 2022 regular season played on 37.1% of the commander's special team snaps. Jarrett Patterson played on just a 2.4% of the commander's special team snaps. Uh, As for Marcus Kemp, well, uh, he most definitely does play on special teams. Kemp in the Kansas City Chiefs win over the Philadelphia Eagles in Arizona in Super Bowl 57. This past February 12th had multiple key blocks on receiver Kadarius Toney's fourth quarter 65-yard punt return. Kemp in the game played on 59% of the Chiefs' special team snaps. The commanders this past March 3rd announced that they had signed Kemp as an unrestricted free agent. Kemp was a member of the Command Chiefs. Uh, he is a guy who assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy knows well of his five seasons as Chiefs offensive coordinator. Kemp came into the NFL as an undrafted free agent out of Hawaii with the Chiefs in May 2017. He had three stints with the Chiefs, as well as having spent time with the New York Giants and Miami Dolphins. As with Jarrett Patterson, there did not seem to be room for Kemp on the commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season, especially with the team on July 25th having signed another former Chiefs receiver as an unrestricted free agent, Byron Pringle, uh, and also with the emergence of undrafted rookie receiver Mitchell Tinsley. And then Milo Eifler, uh, he's a guy who actually played a good amount for the commanders on special teams last season. He made the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season, and then in the 2022 regular season played at 44.5% of the team's special teams snaps. Uh, Something else from Monday with cuts around the NFL. Did you see that former Washington kicker Dustin Hopkins is getting traded? Uh, The Los Angeles Chargers have agreed to trade our old pal D-Hop to the Cleveland Browns for a seventh round pick in the 2025 NFL draft. Uh, Dustin Hopkins was Washington's kicker for six-plus seasons, September 2015 to October 2021. He fought the Chargers in 16 games over the 2021 and 2022 regular seasons, went 27 of 30 on field goals and 42 of 44 on extra points. He did a nice job for the Chargers, and now the Browns are trading for Hopkins. Why? Uh, Well, (laughs) because the Browns are cutting kicker Cade York who they took in the fourth round of the 2022 NFL Draft out of LSU. Yes, the Browns in the 2022 draft spent a fourth round pick 
on a kicker, and the pick turned out to be a big flop. Uh, This is yet another reason why NFL teams should basically never spend draft picks on special team specialists. I have no idea why NFL teams still are doing this. We talked about this in the 2021 offseason of Washington spending a six-round pick on a long snapper, Cameron Cheeseman. Uh, a six-round pick that the team traded for. Uh, Washington, on day three of the 2021 NFL Draft, May 1st, 2021, traded a 2022 fifth-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for one of their 2021 six-round picks and one of the Eagles' 2021 seventh-round picks. And Washington, with that six-round pick acquired by a trade with the Eagles, took Michigan long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, a.k.a. the Cheeseman. And look, the Cheeseman, as the team's long snapper, has been fine. Uh, Although that bad snap that he had in the 29-28 preseason win over the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field now two Monday nights ago, August 21st, was uh, a bit disturbing. A kicker Joey Sly connected on a 49-yard field goal in the third quarter despite a terrible snap by Cheeseman, whose snap resulted in the football rolling on the grass (laughs) toward punter slash holder Tress Way. But an NFL team can find quality kickers, punters, and long snappers as undrafted free agents or on the cheap and veteran free agency or via the waiver wire, spending capital on a special team specialist is rarely, and I mean rarely, the way to go. And I'm saying rarely because we do have something like the uh, Evan McPherson scenario. Uh, Evan McPherson, Shooter McPherson. The Cincinnati Bengals took McPherson in the fifth round of the 2021 draft out of Florida, and he ended up killing it for the Bengals, especially in that 2021 season. So McPherson now over two NFL regular seasons, 2021 and 2022, is a spectacular 14 of 16 on field goals of at least 50 yards. And he in the playoffs for the 2021 season was outstanding. McPherson in the Bengals' 26-19 win over the Las Vegas Raiders on January 15th, 2022, in the wildcard round, went 4-4 on field goals of 31, 30, 43, and 28 yards. McPherson in the Bengals' 19-16 win at the Tennessee Titans on January 22nd, 2022 in the divisional round went 4-4 on field goals of 38, 45, 54, and 52 yards. The 52-yard field goal came as time expired in the fourth quarter to give the Bengals their first ever road playoff win. The franchise had been 0-7 in road playoff games. And then McPherson in the Bengals' 27-24 overtime win at the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game on January 30th, 2022, went 4-4 on field goals of 32-31 52 and 31 yards. The 52-yard field goal gave the Bengals a 24-21 lead with 6.04 left in the fourth quarter, and his second 31-yard field goal was the game-winning field goal, 5.38 into overtime. So yeah, Shooter McPherson was worthy of a 2021 fifth-round pick uh, for the Bengals, but for every one Shooter McPherson, there are about 10 Cade Yorks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, here's something that speaks to how well the Nationals have been playing. They only now have their first losing streak since August 9th and 10th. Uh, Yeah, the Nats had gotten nearly three weeks without losing consecutive games, but Sunday afternoon, a 2-1 loss at the Miami Marlins uh, to deny the Nats a three-game sweep, and Monday night, a 6-3 loss at the Toronto Blue Jays in game one of a three-game series. The Nats for this 2023 regular season now are 61-71. and What is going on with Nats starting pitcher Josiah Gray? He was the only Nats player to make the National League All-Star team for this season. He was having a terrific step-forward season, but he on Monday night was bad for a fourth time in five starts. He lasted for just two innings. He allowed four runs in the two innings. He issued four walks. He gave up four hits, a double, and three singles. He recorded two strikeouts. He over 63 pitches through just 36 strikes versus 27 balls. Uh, Gray somehow tossed a scoreless bottom of the first despite issuing two walks and giving up an infield single, but Gray in the bottom of the second allowed four runs on two walks, a double, and two singles. He walked two of the first three batters he faced, and he gave up a one-out full-count RBI single by George Springer to left center field, a two-out first pitch, two-run double by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. off the right center field wall and a two-out full count opposite field RBI single by Davis Schneider to right field despite him having been down in the count at 1.02. Josiah Gray now over five starts in this month of August has an ERA of 884. 
His ERA for the regular season now is up to 4.05, and his walks per nine innings for this regular season now is up to 4.64. The pitch inefficiency continues. The lack of throwing strikes continues. We saw this even in his lone good outing this month. His previous start prior to Monday night's came in the Nats 2-1 win at the New York Yankees last Tuesday night, August 22nd. Gray in that game allowed one run in six innings, but he did this despite issuing a whopping five walks and a hit-by-pitch, and despite throwing more balls than strikes. He, in that game, threw just 50 strikes versus 51 balls over 101 pitches. Uh, this was Nats manager Davey Martinez during his postgame session with reporters on Monday night on Josiah Gray, who Davey said had bad mechanics, and Davey was quite candid about the bad mechanics. Take a listen. He was just f- flying open real, really bad. Um, couldn't stay behind the balls, pushing a lot of, a lot of balls. Um, his misses were, were way off. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk to him. We'll, we'll look at some film. Uh, we'll try to get him straightened out for his next start. He's had some shorter outings this month. Has that been a theme all month? Do you think just this particular start? No, I think uh, you know this. This one was p- more particular because of all the p- pitch, the pitch count. Um, you know, two innings, 60, 61 pitch. That's a lot. Uh, you know, but, but you know, he, he just he's starting to lose his mechanics a little bit. You know, he finds it every now and then. Today, it just it wasn't there for him today. He had such a great first half for you guys, makes the All-Star game, and now all of a sudden his ERA is over four. You mentioned mentally. Do you worry about how he's dealing with this when things haven't gone his way here for the last month or so? Yeah, you know, but we, like I said, we've we got, we, we got work to do. You know, we're going to continue to look at some stuff, continue to work with him. I want him to finish finish strong, um, but we'll, we'll, get him, we'll get him back in, in, in that strike zone. Hopefully, would hate to see what had been a really nice season for Josiah Gray unravel, but the season is in the process of unraveling. Gotta stop the unraveling. Uh, The Nats bullpen on Monday night overall did a good job, especially considering how much was asked of the pen with Josiah Gray lasting for just two innings. Four Nats relievers combined to allow two runs in six innings. Robert Garcia allowed a run in two innings. Andres Machado allowed a run in two innings. Uh, Jose A. Ferrer tossed a perfect bottom of the seventh, and Jordan Weems tossed a scoreless bottom of the eighth. But while the Nats bullpen allowed for the uh, opportunity for yet another Nats come from behind win, uh, the Nats offense did not allow for this opportunity. The Nats for the game scored just three runs, a total just seven hits, worked three walks, but went just to two for 11 with runners in scoring position. The Nats' seven hits were made up of a double and six singles as uh, the Nats did not homer for a third consecutive game. Five of the Nats' seven hits on Monday night came from just two players, C.J. Abrams and Joey Manessis. Uh, Abrams on Monday night as the Nats' starting shortstop and number one batter was really good offensively. He went three for five with three leadoff singles, and he went three for three on stolen bases. He did commit an error, but man, was Abrams an igniter in this game. Abrams in an Nats' one-run first had a leadoff first-pitch single to center field and a steal of second base. Abrams in the top of the third had a leadoff single to right field and a steal of second base. And Abrams in the Nats' two-run fifth had a leadoff opposite field single through the left side of the infield and a steal of third base, despite the throw to third beating Abrams to the bag. But he did a great job of sliding around the tag, and the initial call of safe was confirmed 
via replay review. C.J. Abrams for this regular season now is 37 of 40 on stolen bases. Uh, The error from Abrams came in the Blue Jays' one-run third. Uh, Abrams dropped a foul ball. He uh, failed to catch uh, what was a routine fly ball off the bat of Dalton Varsho in foul territory uh, to the left of the uh, left field line. But still, C.J. Abrams, very good on Monday night, as was Joey Manessis. He on Monday night as the Nats starting DH and number three batter went two for four with a two-run double, an RBI single. Did strike out twice, but he had a three RBI night. Manessis in the Nats one run first had a one-out RBI single into center field for a one-nothing Nats lead. And Manessis in the Nats two-run fifth had a two-run opposite field double to the right field corner on a one-two pitch to cut the Nats deficit to 5-3. RBI is a flawed stat, but it's not meaningless. And Joey Manessis for this regular season is number one on the Nats with 76 RBI. He is a shot at having a 100 RBI season, despite having not hit for much power. I mean, Manessis still is stuck on just 11 home runs for this regular season. Uh, K-Bet Ruiz on Monday night was back as the Nats starting catcher. Uh, Riley Adams had been the Nats starting catcher for each of the Nats' previous four games and for five of the Nats' last six games as Capert was coming off having taken a foul tip off his face mask in the Nats' uh, 9-1 loss at the New York Yankees this past Wednesday night. But Capert on Monday night as the Nats' number four batter had a rough night 0-4 with three strikeouts. But even with him back, the Nats on Monday afternoon did announce that they had selected the contract of catcher Drew Millis. So the Nats on the active roster now have three catchers, Cape Ruiz, Riley Adams, and Drew Millis. Uh, Millis is an intriguing prospect. The Nats acquired Millis via their 2021 fire sale. He was acquired uh, in the Nats trading of catcher Jan Gomes, infielder slash outfielder Josh Harrison, and the cash considerations uh, to the Oakland A's on July 30th, 2021. Millis, at the time of the trade, was ranked as the Athletics' number 28 prospect per MLB pipeline. He was not some well-regarded prospect. The A's took Millis in the seventh round of the 2019 MLB draft out of Missouri State. But Millis has been a guy on the rise. He this season, what is his age 25 season for AA Harrisburg, had an OPS of 991 over 99 plate appearances. Andy this season for AAA Rochester had an OPS of 766 over 229 plate appearances. Game two for the Nats at the Blue Jays Tuesday night at 7.07. Mackenzie Gore will be the Nats starting pitcher. All right. Hey, the inevitable has become official. The Orioles have clinched a winning record for the 2023 regular season. Uh, The O's ripped the Chicago White Sox 9-0 at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Monday night in Game 1 of a three-game series to improve to an American League best 82-49. and So even if the O's lose all of their remaining 31 regular season games, the team still will have a winning record. And the Orioles again in the win column!
That's right, Joe Angel. The win column, a second consecutive winning regular season for the O's. This off five consecutive losing regular seasons from 2017 through 2021. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays did not have a game on Monday, so the O's now are two and a half games ahead of the Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. Uh, this 9-0 Orioles win over the White Sox on Monday night was a two-hit shutout. The White Sox are terrible. Uh, they, for this regular season, have the third worst record in the American League, but four Orioles pitchers combined on the two-hit shutout. And leading the way was starting pitcher Grayson Rodriguez, who was good yet again. Gray Rod is rolling right now. Uh, he, on Monday night, tossed six scoreless innings with six strikeouts versus one walk. He gave up just one hit, which was a double. So Rodriguez in this game retired 18 of the 20 batters he faced. Uh, He threw a lot of strikes, 96 pitches, 62 strikes versus 34 balls. Uh, He was throwing fire as uh, he per stat cast had an average four-seam fastball velocity of 98.4 miles per hour. The difference for Grayrod in this go-round at the major league level as compared to his first go-round really is something. Uh, The O's on May 27th announced that they had optioned Rodriguez to AAA Norfolk. He, at the major league level in the 2023 regular season, had been horrible. 10 starts, ERA a 735, a whip of 172. But the O's on July 17th recalled Rodriguez from AAA Norfolk. He had a 6-4 loss to the uh, National League West leading Los Angeles Dodgers at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on July 17th. Allowed four runs in five innings, but he since then has been really good. Gray Rod now over his last seven starts has an ERA of 2.32. He is pitching like the ace he was drafted to be when the O's took him with the number 11 overall pick in the 2018 MLB draft out of a high school in Texas. This was O's manager Brandon Hyde during his postgame press conference on Monday night on Grayson Rodriguez. Just pitching with a lot of confidence right now. And um, I think he only had 40-something pitches through th- four innings or so, which was... Uh, he was really pounding the strike so early. I thought a lot of deep, some deep counts there in the fifth and the sixth, but um, really good fastball that has a ton of ride and ton of carry. Um, good changeup again tonight, and just really, really pitched well. You mentioned his confidence. What level of confidence are you gaining in him? Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard not to with all of our guys. I love, you know, we're throwing the ball well. Our starting rotation's done a fantastic job, and... Uh, you know, we're, we're really doing, we're keeping us in the in the in the baseball game. Um, but Grayson continues to get better. All of our guys have improved this year. Our young guys, and and it's been fun to watch. Yes, it has been. Uh, the Orioles bullpen on Monday night was good. Three Orioles relievers combined for three scoreless innings. Jacob Webb uh, did have some problems. See in the top of the seventh. Faced three batters, but retired just one of those batters, although the one who he retired, Aloy Jimenez, uh, hit into a 5-4-3 double play. Uh, D.L. Hall tossed one and a third perfect innings. It was good to see Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall pitch in the same game. The O's took Hall uh, with the number 21 overall pick in the 2017 MLB draft out of a high school in Georgia. So he and Grayrod were the Orioles' top picks 
in back-to-back drafts. And Shintaro Fujinami, Fuji, uh, he tossed a perfect top of the ninth. Look, when you score nine runs, uh, you can't manage without your ace reliever, as uh, the O's may be without uh, their ace reliever, Felix Batista, for the rest of the season due to a right UCL injury. Uh, the O's over the weekend won two or three games against the National League worst Colorado Rockies at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Despite not hitting all that well, uh, well, the uh, O's on Monday night did hit well. Uh, the O's scored nine runs, totaled 11 hits, worked five walks, and went four for 12 with runners in scoring position. The 11 hits were comprised of a home run, a double, and nine singles. As for that home run, Anthony Santander, the man known as Tony Taters. Uh, he smashed a tater on Monday night. He is the Orioles starting DH and number three batter. Went two for four with a three-run homer, a single and a walk. He and an Orioles five-run eighth had a one-out full count three-run homer to right field for a 9-0 Orioles lead to conclude an 11 pitch plate appearance in which he fouled off each of the four pitches prior to the pitch that resulted in the homer. This was some plate appearance by Santander, who for this regular season is number one on the O's in home runs with 25 and is number one among all qualified Orioles players in OPS at 813. Uh, number two is Gunnar Henderson at 808. He on Monday night as the Orioles starting shortstop and number two batter went two for four with two singles and a walk. And he went two for two on stolen bases. And Ryan O'Hearn, he was good yet again. Uh, he is the Orioles starting right fielder and number five batter went two for five with a two-run single and another single. Uh, O'Hearn in an Orioles a two-run third had a one-out bases loaded two-run single that he muscled into center field for a 2-0 Orioles lead. O'Hearn in this regular season, 268 plate appearances and OPS of 840. Game two for the O's against the White Sox, Tuesday night at 7.05. Dean Kramer will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 645. will include a lot for you on the Commanders as their initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season will be set with Tuesday being cut down day. Also on Wednesday show, I'll talk Nationals and Orioles and that's on Tuesday night at 7.07 of game two of a three-game series and the Toronto Blue Jays. The O's on Tuesday night at 7.05 of game two of a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox at Oriole Park and Camden Yards. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Kirk Cousins is a freaking football player. Colt McCoy is a freaking football player. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.